0: Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Backers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. The panel today is Lavina Good, of course, and Ross Carl, uh, and uh, really some diverse things to talk about good and bad shall we start with the good this morning and we'll start with you lavina with benji marshall's retirement yesterday from the nrl uh, just a quick a quick memory for about benji from you
2: I love Benji. Honestly, one of the good guys. I've always been a massive fan of him. I love what he's brought to the game of rugby league. You know, this kid from Fakatani did so well to, to break it in the big league in Australia. And the one thing that resonates with me when I think of Benji Marshall Smitty is the fact that he comes with integrity and he plays with passion and pride. So he's a fine representative of rugby league and he deserves every accolade he could possibly get from every rugby league fan.
0: Yeah, very well uh, summed up, and and uh, very short time. I think everyone agrees with you on that, Ross. Um, you're in charge of uh, a lot of programming at Sky, particularly uh, podcasts and things of that nature. I just wonder, is there one coming up with In Benji's League, hosted by Benji Marshall? Have you got one of those coming up shortly?
1: <laughs> He's a great talent on TV, and he has been ever since he started. I suppose that's one of the things about Benji, isn't it? His confidence, um, his charisma. Uh, you know, I've got him on the Footy Show. You got him involved in Channel 9 really, really quickly. and yeah, I'd love to get him involved in something with us. <laughs> it would be brilliant to have him alongside Adam Blair talking rugby league. But, you know, when I think of Benji, I think of him kind of like Carlos Spencer in that maybe he's not the greatest player of all time, but he's one of the most influential players of all time. You know, when you think about the things he did, you know, that flick pass. Now you see flick passes like that every week. And it's because this young kid from Sakatane went out and said, I'm going to do what I do in the backyard and then our field," And people hadn't really seen it happen like that before. Um, you know, but he had his struggles as well. And I thought it's one of the interesting parts is, as opposed to the canonization of a player when they retire after such a long career. Everyone looks back probably at mostly the great things and, and a, a very quick to throw out the word goat. But you know, the benchy had his struggles too. You know, that initial separation from the Tigers was pretty tough for him. Then there was the rugby stints. He went to Brisbane when he went back to the league and he could barely play. And then even his recent stint at the Tigers, he was really struggling to make the first team, you know. So I suppose one of the other enduring things about Benji is that he's a survivor. Somehow he continued through all of those things and managed to get over 300 first-grade games. Maybe not the greatest player of all time, but certainly one of the most influential.
0: Yeah, well, Lavinia, Graham. we just had Sir Graham Lowe on. He said... Uh, in his mind, the greatest ever uh, rugby league player in New Zealand. Uh, where do, does he rate that highly for you?
2: I rate him up there, definitely among some of the best. You know, with, with Stacey and, and a few others. Um, but I, I just, like I said before, the, the integrity side of things. Rugby league is, you know, been questioned in terms of, of its integral value of late. And I just think of, of Benji, and I, I think of wonderful things about him. And I'm not talking about the goose step or the past in 2005. It's beyond that. It's what the passion when he wears the the um, national jersey and how much that means to him and he's not afraid to cry and let people know that it's such a momentous occasion for him. So I, I think, you know, the Warriors, the way they've been um, lately in terms of looking for ambassadors and people to represent them, someone should get on the old dog and bone and talk to Benji and say, hey, you might be hanging up the boots on the paddock. If you want to talk about a cultural job or a job where you can mm-hmm. build team confidence, then the Warriors should certainly be pouring out some money for him because... He's got a lot to offer the game, even though the goose step might have gone and things have slowed down a bit. I think in terms of what he can bring to the game, he'd be a great ambassador for the Warriors. So I'm hoping that conversation might be taking place. Let's hope so anyway.
0: Well, Lavina, let's look at the other side of uh, what happened yesterday, and uh, that came first. Thank God Benji came after this. Uh, Because the Manu Vadavai realisation that he is guilty, he has admitted it, Um, he's facing the prospect of some jail time, um how does the, how did do you you react to this news? Were we you gutted, were you sick, were you surprised, were you angry? Uh, I mean any emotion?
2: Yeah, heart wrenching for me. I've interviewed Manu for many, many years. I've always held him in high regard and found him to be the, the loveliest man. Um the the rumour mill started to a couple of months ago once we started hearing about the accusations and and then the whispers come out and, and there's a few a few people that decided to pop out and say some home truth. So I guess in the media side of things, we started waking up a bit. But in terms of um, Manuvatuve coming out and announcing that he is guilty, the thing that gets me is that, I mean, any drug is a bad drug. I'm not going to lie, but, you know, methamphetamine and tea is a, a scourge on our community, our society. I, in fact, started an um, anti p campaign, for teenagers to empower them to say no to when they go to a party and come across pee because it's that bad in our community. And that campaign was called Pee Not Once, and I just don't tolerate anyone that can have anything to do with importing that drug because it's not just destroying young kids' lives, it's destroying communities, it's destroying poor communities, it's destroying people that are healthy, and it's killing people. So I'm not going to lie, I'm really, really, really disappointed. My heart's been broken uh, by Manu Vatuvei, and I will no longer hold him in high regard, and it's a shame. It's a shame because he is one of the greats when it comes to rugby league, but now he can face the consequences of his actions. You live by the sword and you die by the sword, and that sword is very, very sharp for Manu at the moment.
0: And for you, Ross?
1: Uh, it's really sad, isn't it, when you look at what's happened with Manu this week, what we've seen with Rhys Walsh, what we've seen with... Karen Munster and the Storm players, it's very obvious that drugs are highly aligned with young professional athletes at the moment, um, particularly in Rugby League, obviously, and the decision-making and the influence it's had over these young men, um, you just wonder. I know clubs try really hard with the culture, but boy, there's obviously some work to be done. And, um, you know, you hear stuff about the development of men's brain, you know, and they're not fully developed for decision-making until they're in their 20s. And I certainly know that I made my biggest mistakes in my 20s on alcohol. And these kids are probably, you know, doing that on drugs, which is probably making things even worse for them. And, and they're so empowered to get these kind of things because they've got these connections from being famous. And it's just a real worry for rugby league that we've had so many of these things come out now and, and it really
0: needs to be fixed. Okay, uh, folks, if you'll stay with us just uh, for the news break because uh, another couple of issues, uh, another league one for you, Lavina, in particular. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Talk, talk, talk me, yeah. Yeah. And the panel this morning is uh, Ross Carl and Lavina Good. And Lavina, uh, Rhys Walsh, mentoring uh, of Rhys Walsh. I understand it's uh, going to be done partly by Gordon Tallis anyway.
2: Yeah, I heard about that. Why not get? Why not give the 19-year-old kid that's troubled at the moment and being exposed in Australian media, why don't you get him um, mentored by a guy that's retired that was an absolute thug on footy field and spent most of his time trying to choke players and take them out on the sidelines? I just don't know what's happening with the Warriors at the moment. There's plenty of people that could mentor Reece Walsh. And if this is an attempt by the Warriors just to say, hey, we're doing something in terms of his rehabilitation, I'm not sure if it was the right choice. I don't think Gordon Tallis is the right one. There's there's plenty of Kiwis that could do the job. Remember, he does play for the Warriors. I could see someone like Simon Mannering or Alan Bootenville or someone come up to him and and tell him that that's not the sort of thing that you need to do, mate, if you want to play as a warrior. I mean, I'll I'll do it. I'll I'll take the kid on. In fact, open up the borders and give him to me because I'll tell you what I'll do with Ruth Walsh. I'll make him vacuum my floor, fold the washing, clean the toilet and have a sense of responsibility and then I'll sit him down at dinner with my whanau, and I'll get him to explain to my 14-year-old son that plays rugby league occasionally and absolutely idolises this kid and tell him, why did you take cocaine? Why don't you do that, Rhys? That's a way of mentoring you. I don't know what Gordon Tallis is going to bring to the party, but this kid needs a little bit of levelling. He needs a bit of purpose and direction. And if he is going to remain at the Warriors, he needs guidance. And I don't know if Gordon Tallis is the one to guide him.
0: Yeah, very valid point, actually, I I get where you're coming from there, and uh, I'd pay his airfares to see him sit around your dinner table. I'll promise you that. Uh, Ross, <laughs> here's, uh, here's one for you, Ross. Uh, the NPC, and it looks now, uh, for all intents and purposes, we read a story earlier that um, the Auckland teams have, uh, have all but given up uh, on rejoining the comp.
1: Yeah, it's pretty sad, but I suppose there's not a lot that can be done about it. Um, I've heard rumours about the possibility of an Auckland comp um, happening um, up here and, and buying closed doors, I suppose. But what can you do in this situation, really? The government's decided not to give them any exemptions. And, you know, with the way that COVID's spread down into Waikato and, and now through, you know, through Hamilton and out to, you know, some of the other places in, around the country out there, Kathia, et cetera, you can see why they wouldn't want teams coming in and out willy-nilly, um, because it's you know it's a real problem for us now. This virus is about to get around the country, um, and you know we've managed to contain it until now. The government needs to be super safe on this. So I can understand why the decision's made, but you know for for all of those players, I know uh, Bryn Hall's a guy I work with closely, and he's absolutely gutted that he's not being able to play rugby. He's having to sit back and watch and, and not get into it. And, and those guys have got their dreams. They've also got their careers. Um, you know, so many of these players within the, um, the Bunnings NPC are part-time rugby players. And they've got jobs and they're trying to do rugby on the side, etc. And it's really difficult in these unions, especially you know when I think of the unions in Auckland, probably counties more than anyone else, they don't have much money, you know, and, and if they don't get ticket sales and they don't get a little take of cash, come next year they're going to be in all sorts of trouble, you know. Provincial rugby is a really hard place to survive and unfortunately COVID's having its effect and, and unfortunately the Auckland teams are the ones they are feeling it the most.
0: If it's heading south, uh, Lavina, and it certainly looks like if, it, if you look at the map and the way it's starting to creep down, where does it leave uh, the rest of us? Are we, are we going to enter into the same sort of zone as Auckland and, and all sport be knocked on the head? I mean, is, is there an end to this or are we just going to have to just plough on ahead and, uh, and hope?
2: Yeah, no, it feels like there's not an end to it, eh? It kind of feels as though that's the direction we're going in. I guess we have to um, follow the footsteps of what's what's right and what's going to benefit everyone. But I know what you mean, me, It kind of feels like when will it end? You know, where do we accept it or do we try and make changes? It's, it's a real tough one, I think, and especially for the provinces and the regions. It's really, really tough to have to have to face what the future is at the moment. It's um, it's a tricky one, a real tricky one.
0: Uh, in terms of um, what we can watch this weekend, Lavender uh, is uh, the Silver Ferns uh, against the Men. Now this is. It's not the first occasion they've played each other, but it's quite a unique thing in sport, isn't it? Um, yeah. How do you see the importance The importance of this to the Silver Ferns in particular?
2: Yeah, not, not so much importance. I don't know how much it is in regards to importance. I mean, an international fixture, Ross will tell you, is a lot more important, obviously, than playing... Um, a New Zealand men's team but there, there's a fair bit of hype around it. I know more people that are talking about this in fact than than they were in regards to the, the Test Series against England which I found the last two games really really scintillating and and great netball action. So um, it's another opportunity for the television broadcasters to make money, obviously, to put it on the box, which is good, and that might generate a bit of interest. And also it's good to to see um, parity. I think over the years we've come to terms with the fact that women play rugby. There was a time 15 years ago when no-one would watch them, and now they're the superstars of the sport. And I think it's, it's pretty cool to see that, that men play netball as well. So there'll be a fair bit of interest. I know I'll be watching for sure, um, yeah. and I know for Noel and Todor, it's really about fitness for this one as well, to see how, how conditioned the players are, because these, these men are good, they're fast, and they're very, very tall. <laughs> and,
0: and they are, um, and, and they're very, very athletic, and uh, I guess uh, whilst they, uh, if it's a game that you can't be too physical, uh, Ross, the, their physical presence uh, will be pretty daunting up against um, some of those, uh, those young ladies, so uh, that should rate pretty well for Sky, shouldn't it?
1: Yeah, I thought so. I think that the last couple of years, especially with that very tall shooter whose name um, passes me by right now, you know, there's been some real talking points that people really want to tune in and see and and, and have a look at. So it's also a quite different style. I'm no netball expert, but the men appear to be a little looser. Um, They're a bit more Benji Marshall than they are Scott Prince in the way that they approach the game, you know? So I, I (laughs) I, 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 I it makes for an interesting watch, you know?
0: Okay, uh, just finally, uh, Lavina, will you bet, would you bet, it's on Sky Sports 3, Sam Kane playing for King Country. That's probably one of the biggest bits of news of the week.
2: Everyone's talking about it. It's the talk of the town. It's, um, everyone's talking about that more than what they did Rene Ranger beating Waikato a week ago. <laughs> and he's uh, held the limelight <laughs> for quite some time. So um, he's actually one of my very, very favourite players. I was quite happy for the Ranger. That was all, all good. But, yeah, everyone here in the Bay Plenty is talking about it. Sam Kane, one of their babies, the one and only. It's uh, a talk of town. It's quite nice to share the players around. I think, you know, um, there's a lot of player loyalty and club loyalty with so many players. But then again, if there's an opportunity to play for another province and, and try and take their rugby field and expertise to the next level, I think it's a good thing. So, yeah. Who would have thought, eh? I wouldn't have guessed that one. No way would I have guessed that one. I wouldn't have guessed that Ruth Walsh would have been caught with cocaine either. <laughs> I know no. nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you know enough for us. It's been great to having you on uh, uh, this morning delavina Thanks again. And for you, Ross, I guess every day is a new day and an interesting one for you because everything that's uh, put off or curtailed in terms of coverage on Sky you have to try and fill a hole somehow, so never ending at the moment.
1: Well, that's uh, for me and then probably Marcus Kennedy, who's, uh, who runs the live sports side more than me. Um, constantly reacting, you know, after the announcement that we weren't going to go to level two on Monday, changing the way that we're doing things, you know, things like getting you into Auckland to do our Cricket World Cup coverage coming up in the 2020s just becomes a little bit more difficult for us, you know, everything's just. A little bit more taxing but we're getting some programming out we're getting some stuff on board and one of the great things for sky and i know this is a, a silver lining for something that's really horrible is that when people are at home they're watching their telly and so you know a lot of people are tuning in for the nrl grand final and watching the domestic rugby and we've obviously got the um the big Palmer cup final this weekend Hoping to see maybe Waikato will knock over those Cantabrians, you know, those kind of things are getting good viewership. So, in a lot of ways, the sky, um, we're doing we're our doing right out of it, even though it's really hard to get so much of our coverage across the line.
0: Okay. Thanks very much, Ross. I appreciate your thoughts this morning and to you, uh, Lavina, as well. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, round two of uh, you and Gordon Tallis. Uh, with a little bit of Reese Walsh chucked in the middle. Thank you very much. I don't think he's going to... Um, she's not going to come to my house for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Uh, no, maybe not. Maybe, but, uh, you know, every, I mean, even even Bryson DeChambeau is going to play golf with Brooks Kepter. You, you have to make up at some point.
2: Yeah, true, that's true. But you can come, no, Smitty. You and I will have a good old quartet or yeah. easy-peasy,
0: mate. Easy-peasy. We, we certainly will, Lavina. and when I'm in the bay, I certainly will look forward to it. Lavina, Good and Ross Carlos this morning, they were the panel.